But it's true. Like intention is so important. And needless to say, POCs are underrepresented in film and television. We don't get to see ourselves just play our regular, degular, schmegular, venegular selves, you know? Mm -hmm. And this series is just like a part of that, an extension of that, because it's not for me. It's for the crew that worked on it. It's for my co-writer who spent hourless time, you know, endless hours, like, writing it with me. It's for all the people that want to see themselves represented. New York, I know you have Yeah, yeah. Every morning that I wake up, I think about my ambition. Humans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of La Mescla. Fun fact, I'm posting this one from Peru, where I'm currently visiting family and having a great time. Hopefully, I mean, I'm recording this before I leave. But uh, probably as we speak, I'm on a beach somewhere drinking fresh jugo de maracuya. Uh, so I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry that my life is so awesome right now. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so excited to bring you this new episode. Uh, let's get into our guest. Humans, today is a really special day because for the first time in the history of the show, we have a repeat guest on La Mescla. I'm so excited to welcome back to the show, Karen Sepulveda. You might remember Karen from the OG days of the show when I still recorded it in my bedroom. I think it's episode four. Uh, so I'm so excited to have her back here when the show's a little bit more legitimate than that. Uh, but most importantly, uh, Karen has a really, really cool web series coming out that I'm really excited about. It's called Bodegaverse. Uh, and it's coming out online May 17th. But if you're in the New York area, there's going to be a really cool premiere party at the New School on Sunday, May 5th at 3 p.m. Uh, and the tickets are free. So you can RSVP at bodegaverse.eventbrite.com. Uh, the show is uh, about a couple of bodega clerks uh, who who lose their bodega cat. Which, if you're from the New if you're from the New York area, that's like the most New York plotline you could ever think of. I can't believe this hasn't been done, and I'm so excited to see the show. It's gonna be the shit, you guys. So please make sure to check out that event. And if you can't be there for the event, make sure to subscribe to the show on Facebook and Instagram, and follow them when they release online. It's gonna take the world by storm, and I'm so excited to have Karen back. So with that said, let's get into it. I'm so happy you're back. I know. You're the you're the first repeat guest in the history of the show. That's like that's an honor first of all. You're you should be honored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to have you back. How what's new? The last time it was probably like it's close to a year ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like last summer. Yeah, I remember it being like, should I have the AC on in my room? Because it's horrifically hot. Yeah, it, that hasn't changed. It's still hot. <laughs> this room is Whoa, the worst. Yeah. It's kind of the worst. But, I just came. But it's nice. What a nice setup. Yeah, it's a little better. It's a little better. It's very... Moving up in the world, you know? Kawaii. Oh, I feel like I've pronounced that so wrong. <laughs> if you have any Japanese <laughs> listeners, I'm so sorry. I think I have maybe two. Maybe. The show's <laughs> only grown marginally since the last time you were here. <laughs> uh, so what's going on? What's new? I mean, I know we're here for like one specific reason, but like, do you want to start with that and then get into more general stuff? We can just, I don't know. We can just talk about whatever. I mean, yes, I do... I do want to talk about that, but let's. How about let's start there, and then okay. we can branch off. All right. Well, I reached out to you obviously because 
I love you and I love your podcast oh and I'm God, a number one fan, you. of course. Thank you. That's You will have to fight my mom's friends for that title. Oh, God. I can't fight the aunties. <laughs> <laughs> they have powers that like... That's true. Surpasses That's true. like mm-hmm. supernatural. You'll get a chancleta thrown at you. Yo. <laughs> That chancleta will go left and it'll still end up hitting you <laughs> the right boomerang. in the face. Yeah, <laughs> the so boomerang chancleta. Um, well, yeah, I wanted to come and talk to you about this web series that I've been hey. working on so hard for like the past year. It's been a it's been a journey, but um, in terms of how like that web series, or let me just introduce it. It's yeah, do it. Bodegaverse. Hey. Um, my co-writer and I, Mamadou Nandai, which you probably know, mm-hmm. and y'all listeners probably know, um, he's a comic, he's a comedian, a writer, he's amazing, very funny, very talented. I was like, I went up to him and I was like, hey, wouldn't it be funny to like do a set of, a series of sketches where we're POC versions of like classic cult movies? So one of the oh that's how it started yeah because I just wanted to write sketches yeah like but in in the lens of like being POC in this sketch right like a person of color in this sketch uh-huh. and like what would we do what are our jokes things like that and one movie that I've always loved is Clerks I was about to say did it start with Clerks yeah that's so interesting I love because every, every still I've seen I have immediately thought of Clerks yeah. Especially because, like, just from reading about the way they shot that movie of, mm-hmm. like, one of the... I think Kevin Smith legitimately worked in that store, and then they just, like, shot it at night, like, very shoestring budget. Yeah. Yeah, they did, like, we... It basically the same kind of, like, pull, except we didn't film on film. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea that it started that way. Yeah. So originally it was supposed to be, like, sketches uh, yeah, with, just, about, just through the lens of your perspective? Right, like, just sketches. Like, we wanted to do Clerks, Scott Pilgrim, like, some others that are blanking my memory right now. But then I was like, you know, I really want to do a web series. Okay. That would be fun. Yeah. And we can implement all of these, like, common tropes from from Clerks and Scott Pilgrim into this That's very cool. Series. So yeah. when, did that happen sort of, did you start writing it and then your your mind changed or did that switch kind of happen immediately? I think, I mean, I was thinking about it for a while. Hmm. Like I already had like episodes plotted out in, uh-huh. my, in my mind. And I pitched it to our sketch team at the time and... Things weren't a little, things weren't very stable. So we never got around to actually mm-hmm. producing those sketches. I'd written a sketch and we filmed one of a POC Big Bang Theory. Oh, that's funny. But I never put Yeesh. it out, which I should probably put it out. But yeah. we all say the N word and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sketch team or this is the same people that this you're is doing the sketch this? Team. Okay, okay, my, okay. My same sketch team, which gotcha, Mamadou gotcha. was in. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, as things go, like that kind of as as comedy groups kind of like form and also like mm-hmm. organically yes. fall we apart. All, we all know the <laughs> dissipation of a comedy group. Jesus Christ. I've had yeah. so many. You know how many unfinished projects I have in, so my, in my history? Thousands. Thousands. I'm probably. just like, I need to start finishing all my projects. I did a couple of weeks ago. I because I, I switch. I used to use Celtics for all my writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I like downloaded a pirated final draft and I've used it ever since. But I logged into my Celtics account that I used to use. 
like two weeks ago and I found like 20 unfinished wow. scripts and I read through them and I was like, wow, I'm a terrible writer. Did <laughs> 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 you ever read anything you wrote like three years ago and you're like, holy shit, what is this? I do, but in the in the positive way. Okay. You're better than I am. You're oh. nicer to yourself than I am. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a Virgo. We're not nice. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I'm, I have a Virgo moon. I got into, I had Glow Tavares on the show. or something? Yeah. Oh yeah. She's a Virgo too. I listened to that episode. Yeah. She's mad into astrology. Oh, another friend of mine did my whole chart. I got the co-star at. So I'm a Scorpio, oh, okay. Libra rising, Virgo moon. Don't know what any of that means, but that's what it is. Okay. I'm a Scorpio, Gemini. You're Scorpio cancer. too? I mean, no, no, no. Virgo, Gemini, Cancer. Sorry. Okay, 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 okay. I'm a Virgo, Virgo, very, very Virgo. Okay. What does that mean? Virgos are just super anal. I don't know how to explain it. It seems super negative, but the best way I can describe it is just like we're perfectionists. Like detail oriented. Very detail oriented. Okay. Very like, I mean, we were just talking a little bit a lot more candidly earlier but when something doesn't get done right they'll do it all <laughs> yeah. themselves yeah, so. yeah, yeah. well <laughs> that probably kind of lends itself to executive producing a web series yeah and i'm s i don't want to uh, i was gonna say <laughs> oh man if only all of you could have seen karen's face in that second <laughs> i was going to say if i i believe that i'm an auteur and I hate saying that because I feel like such a pretentious asshole. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I don't make enough money to be an auteur. Which, like, I've never, full, I've heard the word so much and I kind of know what it means. But, like, it's it's one of those words where I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. But I don't, if you asked me to define it, right. I probably couldn't. Like, it's just, like, somebody who, like, wants to write and direct and be in, like, kind of, like, an all-encompassing artist, right? Is that right. kind of what it is? Yeah. So, I mean, that... But, I mean, writers, solely writers can be auteurs as well. It's just, like, having a specific vision and idea, okay. like a a vision that is, like, um, that can be transformed across several platforms. Okay. It's very um, so like a really, specific. So, like, an aesthetic, like a really specific aesthetic. Yeah, but also just being very passionate about it and not giving up. Totally. Like, not letting people talk you out of your idea or passion Word. not compromising. Word. And I I see that a lot in myself because I'm very passionate and hardworking and driven. Mm -hmm. Um and super ambitious and that usually leaves me with no sleep. Sure. But I mean I can also take notes. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to take notes. You got to be able to listen to people's feedback and take totally. notes and Especially in such a group oriented project like this one. Yeah, exactly. Um So how long have you been working on the show? We wrote it this time last year, like, I want to say, like, March, April. Okay. Um, and then, like, worked it, worked, like, kept on working the script over the spring and summer. And then once I, like, I'm in, I'm in graduate school, so I go to the new school for media studies for, mm -hmm. like, film and TV track. And I was like, this is a perfect excuse to make. This web series. Yeah, you got access. You got all this equipment, right? And shit. Yeah, I have all the. I have the access to the equipment. I have like, I'm taking a class in production. Like, why not? Whatever. 
Let's do it. Why not add this on top of my graduate school workload? Right, because it's not my thesis. It's not. I'm not getting graded for this. I'm just doing this for fun. The the best shit isn't the shit. You got. How many student films are actually like good shit? You know what I mean. How many thesis films actually end up being like the thing somebody like breaks in for? Like that's not how it works. They do what you're doing, which is like do the passion project. Yeah. So this is yeah. This is my passion project. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to have like classes kind of back to back or within the same realm of just uh, being able to produce this. Like it just helps with first the pre-production, the actual production, and now the post-production. I'm taking a class in like um, finance and distribution. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's helping with that as well, which is really cool. Um, But I'm just like, I'm relentless, man. That's why you gotta be. I'm relentless. Like if you're gonna I'm, finish something like this, how how many episodes is it? It's five episodes. H- about how long? Oh, ooh, let me give the spiel. Yeah, do it. I Elevator pitch. It. Elevator pitch time. Let's do it. So Bodegaverse is about two store clerks, Karen and Mamadou, who lose their boss's bodega cat. Oh shit. And have to spend the entire series looking for him before their boss finds out. And the series takes place within the entire day so five episodes ah, tracks the entire very clerks very yeah clerks. the entire day which i really loved i'm also big on like one location and one wardrobe mm. a lot of my oof, that solves a lot of production yeah, problems too i don't want people changing i don't want us to move anywhere let's just so we stayed we filmed in a bodega for two nights overnight mm-hmm. up in the bronx Um, And this is how, yo, community comes through. Mm. Like, I've been pitching this. I feel like the thing that I've gotten over this entire year is just being, like, a a shameless promoter. Like, I've just, every time somebody asks me what I'm doing, I'm just, I tell them I'm doing this. And then Mm. I have to pitch it all over again because people want to know what it is. And then in some way they want to help. And that's amazing to me. Yeah, I got to get better at that shit. It's hard. Yeah. We were shooting promo videos um, in bodegas in Brooklyn, and I everyone was kind of afraid, and so was I, to like ask the bodega owners, "Hey, can we film in here?" and just ask you some questions. Like no one wanted to ask, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna do it because we just have to do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that really drilled into my brain is I just have to. Yeah, you gotta like get rid of that shame bone that right. we all have. Yeah. And so I I just started asking people to partner with us and I just started reaching out to brands to come to like our premiere and they were just like, okay. Okay. And everyone said yes. And I'm like, wow, I've never had an issue where I have too many guests now. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about something that's like in the New York area, ultra marketable, mm -hmm. like a story about two bodega clerks who lose the cat like that. (laughs) That is the most New York thing I could ever imagine. And it's really cool because we have a lot of different characters on there. Like a lot of we we touch on a lot of different tropes within the bodega, like you know colorism, hood politics, mm. um, like d- being poor and broke and not being able to buy shit, mm-hmm. shoplifting, sure. like ruthless, like kids coming in and mm. like shitting on you. Fights over duches. <laughs> We haven't gotten there yet, <laughs> but that's for season two. Because I happened in my neighborhood last night. <laughs> uh, Yo, like, lo- our promo videos haven't come out yet, 
But I mean, they're they're going to come out after the series does. We're we're going to be putting them up over the summer, mm-hmm. um, just to stay relevant, you know, in this content driven world. Crazy, but crazy. Every single store owner we interviewed, their craziest story was that there were just a bunch of fights. Yeah. Like people fight all the time in bodegas. Well, it's like you said, it's it's a community hub. It's like Mm -hmm. where everybody's going to get their shit. It's the only place where you can get a 40 and also cat food in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm thinking of how you can get like a cosign from like Jesus and Mara. Like they're the bodega boys. Like how do, how do, how do they, how do you get your show featured on their show and then get all those millions of views and whatnot? Yeah. That's, you know, that's another level. We can make yeah. it happen. We can definitely we'll make, make it, it happen. happen. Um, they they listen to this show. So they definitely. <laughs> they, they do. I low key auditioned for their show twice. Did not book it. What are you gonna do? What do you mean audition? Like they, as a writer? No, to, uh, just to like play bit parts, like in random sketches on their show. Because they have a new show on. Um, yeah. What's it called on Showtime? Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. But you're yeah, represented, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So, I was so, about so. to get into that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. If anyone wants to, you know, book me, book me real yes, fast. Hell you know, yeah. I need some representation. I mean, this is like my calling card, I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, it should be. It, like you're rolling it out in all the right ways. A lot of people yeah. like either I feel like you're in a you're in a good sweet spot of like promoting it hard without being so ubiquitous that people tune out or like mm-hmm, hate you because mm-hmm. i've had i mean where we've been in the comedy community for a long time and like, yeah we always have friends who are rolling shit out and there's always that friend who like will not stop letting you hear about their mm-hmm. thing to the point where you're like i'm never ever gonna watch your thing yeah and then there's the other spectrum where it's like i had no idea this person had this project i feel like you're right in that sweet spot in the middle you know what i mean yeah we did want to give like enough time after filming and i mean i give myself these deadlines no one's telling me hey karen do a may 5th premiere at you know uh you can rsvp at bodegaverse.eventbrite.com <laughs> hell yeah um at the new school we're gonna be at the new school anyway uh but oh i put it in the intro <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I mean, no one told me to pick May 5th as our premiere date. No one told me to, you know, like set deadlines for myself. I just fucking had to. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's very in the spirit of this show too, even like the first Mm -hmm. conversation we had and every conversation I've had on this show of just like, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna open up space for artists like us to do the work we want to do. So like, it's on us to do it and to set those deadlines and to meet them. Yeah. And I've, if I can get real Please. personal. That's what the show's for. I think, too, that um, it's important to understand what your intentions are. And I've had this talk with um, Millie Tamaras, who mm-hmm. is also a Also on the show, yeah. Yeah, a guest of yours. We talk about, like, she always brings up intention when I when we talk. And I'm just like, ah, Melly, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but it's true. Like, intention is so important. And needless to say, POCs are underrepresented in film and television. We don't get to see ourselves just play our regular, degular, schmegular, venegular selves, you know? Mm-hmm. And this series is just like, a part of that, an extension of that, because it's not for me. 
it's for the crew that worked on it. It's for my co-writer mm. who spent hourless time, you know, endless hours like writing it with me. It's for all the people that want to see themselves represented, you know, and I could have easily and I and I did because I had a lot of family issues, especially at the beginning of this year where I just wanted to give up. Mm. But my crew, um, especially my um co-producer and director maka she didn't let me hmm. <laughs> she was just like now nah, we're doing this like we just have to but also it's like it's for other people like there are so many other people who are a part of this project that are counting on it and i want to deliver something for them yeah so they can put their name on it and say i worked on that yeah and it was good yeah and i can now like put it on my resume and like go wherever to because we're not going to make money off of a web series of like, course not no it's no, but it's it's, not... the, it's it's being responsible and accountable for the team you've put together right exactly because there's so many projects and i'm not going to shit on anyone specifically but there's so many things that are done in this city especially like people at our generation kind mm -hmm. of that are like you can tell the intention and i guess there's nothing wrong with this in the abstract but you can tell the intention is like spotlight on me and this right. is like for me to get to a place and like i'm gonna people are gonna help but this is about me right now yeah. which is fine i guess but like i try to be more of the mind of what you're talking about when i'm especially if i'm doing a collaborative project of like no this is about the team and being accountable to ever everybody and making sure everybody's getting something out of it right and and just picking up the slack which like I've just had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, no one, I mean, I did pay my crew. Um, I went through fucking hoops, mm. but I paid them. <laughs> we got funding uh, from different sources. So I was able to get funding for the production and for post-production, which I'm very grateful for. But mm. it just, I want to pay people. Like, I want to remind them that I appreciate their work and I know it's hard. Like, I know it's hard. Yeah. Like, our graphic designer just spent like two overnights because he works a full-time job. Mm. He has, you know, he does all this stuff. He just worked overnight to just deliver the graphics for me. Oof. And I mean, I'm also editing overnight, but I'm just like, man, I appreciate you. Yeah. Like, I know, I know it's hard. And I am just like, I can't say anything more but just be grateful yeah and i th i think down the line people respect that uh that that again like this is not a project you're doing for school this is not a project that if in all likelihood you're going to make money off of mm -hmm. i mean maybe down the line in some indirect way but like i think people at the end of the day while you're doing it they don't understand the the struggle of it and the sacrifice of it uh but when the final mm -hmm. product is out there people kind of get it they're like whoa this was really a shit ton of work and i can't fathom like the behind the scenes of it i think people respect that in the end or at least god damn it i hope they do <laughs> i'll at least respect myself a little more or oh I'll, I'll just hate myself i don't know i'm a virgo so it can go <laughs> so many different ways always back to being a virgo <laughs> seriously it's just like either i'm always gonna hate it it doesn't matter it's gonna be great i know it's gonna be great but i'm just saying my standards for myself are like Sure. Yeah. But that just allows me to keep on like working towards something, mm. I guess. Yeah. So who are you hoping? You've already talked a little bit about like the psychology behind the show and a little bit about the plot, but like who are you really trying to reach with this other than like the industry and whatnot? 
I want to reach kids. I want to reach okay. high school kids. Okay. That like go to bodegas. When I was in like, when I was in middle school, not so much in high school because I went to high school in Chelsea, um, but. When I was in middle school, going to school in the Bronx, like after school, we would always go to the bodega. Mm. We'd always go to the bodega and just like spend our dollar on like, you know, a dollar meal, like get a 25 cent juice, chips, and maybe like a 50 cent, like, I don't know, uh, like pastry or something like that. One of those little Debbie cakes or whatever. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like those were too expensive to be 50 cents. I feel like they were always a dollar. Maybe back then. I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting because, like, I wasn't watching anything like this in in middle school. That's because there wasn't anything like this. I was watching The Hills. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) I was watching fucking Lauren Conrad. Oh, my God. LC. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> I was Karen. watching Laguna Beach. <laughs> bitch. So now you're showing the, the the kids now, like you're at least showing them like their world, like where they're actually right. growing up and whatnot. Like why not? And it's funny and it's like relatable. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there are high school kids or teenage preteen that are gonna be able to relate to this, whether they live in inner city in London or Toronto mm. or like Miami, mm. like they'll be able to relate in some way, shape, or form, and I think that's super powerful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, whether or not I'll reach them, that's for the algorithm to decide. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Which you best believe that I'll be boosting them. Yo, we're all <laughs> advertisements. It's, it's crazy how at the mercy we are of like this fucking uh, thing yeah. we don't understand. <laughs> That's why it's so important, people, to share. I'm not saying this to like share my thing, whatever. Like if you want to share. Oh, please share my thing too. Please, everybody <laughs> out there, share this thing. <laughs> share this thing that we're currently right. talking about. I mean, about. that's why I love sharing your stuff yeah. and Millie and like all of our other mutual friends. What do they call it? Uh, Signal boosting each other. Right. Yeah, that. (laughs) It's just being supportive. I don't know. It's just like, support your friends because like, Lord knows it's fucking hard. It really is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. If you like something, share it. I I also come from like the YouTube world Mm. because I do sketches on YouTube. You've been doing it for a long time, right? Yeah. But I mean... I had to take a a huge hiatus with this project, so I haven't posted anything since like February. I think we'll. I'll get back. I think your fans will forgive you. (laughs) I think they will. Yeah, dude. There's got. (laughs) Listen, there's got to be at least five. That's the thing, because that's always my response too. Especially when people talk to me about the show, they'll be like, "The show's really great," and I'm like, "Ah, great. Nobody likes it." Like, that's another muscle that I need to get over. I think like this weird self-deprecation thing, because like, yeah, you're right. After all this time, you got to have at least ten. There's got to be at least 10, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like at least make keep making shit for those 10. It's true. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm trying to tell myself at least. Yeah, it's just weird when they all want to hop into your DMs. <laughs> anyway. There are stories there. That's <laughs> just gone. Please keep them out of my DMs. <laughs> but sometimes they DM you and they're like, oh, um, I know this person or like I did this yeah. thing and I want mm-hmm. to be a part of it. And sometimes the DMs are of a different nature and we let those DMs go into the, <laughs> into the darkness. Yeah. Um, but 
But yeah, I don't know what or we were what we were talking. Uh, about. We were talking about who you wanted to reach, but I guess oh, like yeah. just the rollout of it. So I guess so. It's these two clerks who they lose the bodega cat. I understand. I'm probably not allowed to know anything else. But what about the what about the crew you put together? Like how who's working on the project and how do you know them and how's been working together? Oh yeah. Um. So most of our crew is uh they're actually. Um, peers of mine at the new school. So we've met through classes. Um, my producer and director, Maka, she's also my boss. But oh. before that, we were classmates, but she ended up getting a job for our school's production company, and I work with her. Nice. Um, but yeah, we've... And she has cultivated a network of people that she trusts and mm. likes to work with. And so... in ex- in extension, I get to I get access to those people as well. <laughs> so, yeah, like literally the the my first friend from my first class in my first semester was my cine- cinematographer. Wow. Yeah, Sabrina Crispin. Oh, and, I know her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all yeah, worked together did, that one time. Th- uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look and at we that. just like, and that's what we do. We just help each other on projects. But it's very interesting because I talk about this all the time, and it's not to shit on like comedy people or artists oh, or whatever please shit on comedy people i love it <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like being a creative is one side of it you have to actually be the business person as well you have to you have to follow through you have to make the thing mm. and put it out there mm. and advertise it and you know like be your own business it's there's so many people that i've spoken to in the past where like Again, like we talk about all these projects we want to do together and then we don't get it done. And it's like, you know, that happens a lot. But at this school, I've gotten to meet all these special people that don't want to be in front of the camera. Yeah, I, I'm so happy you said that because I've at this point in the like the show's been around for about a year now. And at this point, I've gotten enough messages from kids who are like in college or whatever, like people I don't know being Mm. like, hey, thank you for whatever episode this was when this person said this. I was like, oh shit, I got to get off my ass and like actually make this thing. So like if anybody out there is listening and they're like, oh, I don't know how I can like do my thing or make my thing, listen to what Karen is saying. Like it's a lot more than being like, the kid in the back of the class who like is just writing stuff in their notebook. Like that's great. That's awesome. But you have to actually put the thing out into the world and like be willing to accept feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. Cause our, um, our school has this, uh, they have like a famous guest speaker every year, come and talk to the students and everything like that. So this it's, uh, this year we had Raul Peck come to the school mm-hmm. and he's the, um, Film. He's he's the director and uh, creator of I Am Not Your Negro, mm-hmm. uh, which was the James Baldwin film based on his unfinished book. And it it's a very intense film. It's very, very good. It's I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was on Netflix at least a couple months ago, but maybe they took maybe. it off. I don't know. But he... I because I work for a production company, we like filmed all of his talks, and I got to go to the reception and speak to him. Um, and he, he, uh, I asked him, "Have you ever like made something and not put it out?" And he was like, "No, that's stupid." 
<laughs> and you you like look at the hard drives in the corner of the room like, oh yeah. shit. Collecting dust. <laughs> but it's so like, he was like, that would mean that I'm making it for myself. And I'm mm. not making it for myself. But again, he's a documentarian, so it's right. a little That's different. different. Yeah. He's definitely making films with the message that he's trying to get out there. Right. But comedy is the same way. It's just in a different form. It's delivered differently. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still delivering a message in a comedic form. And I hope people will take, will learn from that in whichever way they they uh, receive it. But that really like... Yeah, Jesus. Especially coming from somebody of ass. like that stature is like... Mm-hmm. He's also like, I don't know, late 60s, in his 60s or 50s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So he, so he was like, fuck this question. <laughs> but also he comes from a different school of thought. Yeah. Like where we grew up on the internet where we could just like make a video and then people make fun of us and we're like, I'm never putting a video up again. Yeah, yeah where you can you can work really hard on something and then put it up and immediately 70 people tell you to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. And he came from the world of like, I just have to get these white people to give me money so I can make my film about how they fucked us over. <laughs> yeah, so. which I mean is still very much the state of the industry today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still yeah. very much the state of the industry today. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that really, you know, lit a fire under my ass and was like, all right, I need to just get this shit done. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm feeling it myself because I've been like, to be completely honest, like the last probably the last two months, like month and a half, six to eight weeks, I've been in, you know, those like really shitty, like ah, just combination of writer's block and like depression where you're just not, because I've also had some personal stuff going on yeah. uh, where you're just like not, getting stuff done and even worse than that you're you're beating yourself up for Mm -hmm. not getting stuff done and that just makes the cycle repeat itself like i've been really stuck in one of those so that's very good stuff to hear yeah i was feeling that especially like right before i started editing the series and um i think just like just start yeah just like just the f just by putting or just by organizing the clips made me want to then put it into a timeline, mm. which then made me want to like assemble a rough cut, which then made me want to fine it up, yeah, you know, and then wanted me to put color. And like all that stuff is just like a snowball effect. Yeah. You got to look at it one. Truly, it's a cliche, but you got to look at it one thing at a time because mm-hmm. I get very easily overwhelmed. Same. And, and if I looked at, if I looked at the hard, if I looked at the hard drive with all the dailies on it, and, oh my I just God. thought to myself, like, so much. I need to come footage. out of this with five episodes of stuff that, like, is good and makes sense and looks good and cuts well. Like, I would <laughs> jump into the river and, like, never return. <laughs> but if you look at it, of like, okay, I need to label the files. Mm-hmm. Like, for now, I just need to label the files. That I can do. That I can do. Yeah. That, man, this, the footage that we have is like 500 gigs of data. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. It's so much footage, and I sat through every single one and watched them all and organized them all. It's crazy. Woo. I don't know how you're alive right now. I don't Because also, full disclosure to everybody listening, <laughs> when Karen got here, she like ran in. She was like, I've been at the new school like uh, for the last 48 hours. I haven't slept. I've just been <laughs> editing. I do not know how you're standing up right now. Yeah, I don't know either. But I, I you know, doing things that I really like to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the answer. You just said it in an insane way. 
<laughs> I don't know. I pretend that everyone already knows my sense of humor. <laughs> People are probably like, bitch, if that's your sense of humor, no wonder you didn't make it as a comedian. <laughs> Whoa. <Just> wow. <laughs> you just burned the shit out of yourself. I know. No, I'm hilarious. I'm a Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Karen... <laughs> We're not humble beings. Um, uh, is there anything we haven't touched on about the show or anything else that you want to get into before we call it? Um, I think there was one thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, but this is not about the show. And That's okay. This is just a tidbit about meeting Raul Peck. Oh, <laughs> give us the tidbit, please. So... I know we talked previously before. The last time I was here, we talked about the the Haitian and Dominican relationship. Right, yeah. Right. Um, Raul Peck is Haitian. Oh, okay. Yeah, and moved to, shoot, he moved to Africa, a country in Africa. I can't fucking remember where. Um, and then to France, and so like all over the place. But at the event... Uh, <laughs> I went up to him and I asked him if he was going to make a, a film about it. And he was like, he, first of all, he, he like comes up to our group because there was a couple of Dominicans and Haitians, like uh -huh. all in a group together to talk. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was were... kind of intense. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I was very uncomfortable because I feel like I feel this is this is the one space in my life where I feel like a white woman. Mm, interesting. Where I feel like, um, not where I, I, I mean, not that I don't take responsibility for my privilege and what I can do to help other, like um, our other like brother and like Haitian brother and sisters, mm -hmm. but also it's this weird dynamic of like, um, but that's not me, <laughs> kind uh -huh. of thing. <laughs> Wait, what it's do you like, mean though? Elaborate but that on was that. my ancestors and not me, but it doesn't yeah. matter because that's my responsibility now. Yeah. As a person who was born in this body and of that nationality of Dominican uh, you know, but the feeling of the like of the the white girl that's not me is because you grew up here and like you didn't grow up in that culture, you mean? It's because I grew up Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Where you're just like uh but that was the people back there. That was the people on the island that did that. Where it's right. like, it really doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter if you're a part of that culture or a part of whatever culture that oppresses another group of people. Um, whether you were there or not, or whether it was your generation or not. Right. You should still take responsibility for that. Yeah, it's still part of your DNA. It's part of your makeup. It's a part of my identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same logic that shitty white people use when they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, were you a slave? <laughs> I wasn't. Did I own slaves? No. So I'm great. <laughs> yeah. Like, but your house is probably still on a like yeah. slave plant. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. You have no idea. Or just like uh, even like more recent shit than that. Like mm -hmm. districts are still redlined. Like you don't know how the world works. Like kids where I grew up in suburban New York said shit like that all the time. And even then, even though I didn't understand anything about about the world i was like that doesn't that doesn't sound right yeah it doesn't feel right either yeah um but yeah raul peck goes let's talk about the dominican problem okay 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 <laughs> yeah let's do it let's do it <laughs> and how did that go um it went fine he was more so like kind of 
um, encouraging us as Dominicans to make films too. Um, uh, and to make films in DR because you get a tax break, but also um, because that's, you know, it hasn't been made there. And a lot of people try to make films about the relationship between Haiti and DR and like aren't able to right. or like don't finish it or something happens. Yeah. And it, so he basically was like, please tell that story. Right. Or like take responsibility and tell that story. Hmm. Um it's also just scary because there is it's not like the Dominican Republic is like fr like freedom of speech, you know what I mean? Like it's not like you right. can just say or do whatever you want. Yeah. And um I don't know, it's very interesting. I've been thinking about it a lot more since then. So maybe in the future my next project is probably going to be something that has to do yeah. with that relationship and that dynamic. That's a big jump from Bodegaverse to something like that. I know. But you can do it. It's probably going to be comedic. <laughs> well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What's it's there like comedy's been shown over and over again to be like this incredibly powerful force, but for some mm -hmm. reason society at large is still like oh comedy like cute little right, comedy yeah. over here but like comedy is more in a lot of ways much more powerful than drama yeah just look at the mm -hmm. way like late night uh, uh drives culture in this country or like satire drives politics in this country mm -hmm. in a big way make it's the comedic true. thing it'll make a difference yeah yeah i have no idea where i would go or what i would do with that but um it's just been marinating in my head so if anyone has some suggestions please yeah send them through uh but yeah that's that's just something that i've been thinking about because i'm always trying to think about i mean yeah i we i i can always sit here and talk about how i'm oppressed but i'm also trying to think about my privilege mm. in other ways although i'm still a black woman so <laughs> Y'all still gotta pay me reparations. <laughs> mm, very true. Thank you for sharing that on the show. <laughs> okay, well, Karen, thank you so much for being here again. First repeat guest ever Thanks from the OG uh, Washington Heights bedroom case. <laughs> uh, okay, bye, everybody. Bye. I got a long way to go, but as far as I know, I'm gonna stay on this and that's it for this week's episode of La Mescla. Thank you so much to Karen for coming back. And I'm so excited about having a repeat guest. Uh, thank you to Simple Studios for the recording space, to Mateo Sounds for the song, to Esther Burke for the visual art. Uh, and uh, thank you to you for listening and continuing to tell people about the show and continuing to support the voices of anybody who doesn't quite fit into one clean american box and you can a lot to me that anybody still uh, engages with the show so thank you so much for that and make sure to review follow rate and subscribe and validate me generally okay i'm gonna go back to uh being on a beach in peru and i will see you guys next week Bye. i know i promise you this material shit don't make you rich